Sohan. Drive, layup, good, and a blocking foul. Jeremy Sohan will have a chance at a three-point play. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Highlights courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield. Uh, plentiful highlights. You go looking for highlights of Jeremy Sohan, uh, Kendall Brown. There are plenty to be found. Both of those guys expected to have their names called early on Thursday in the first round of the NBA draft. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. John Morris, Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuels studios and pleased to be joined by Coach Bill Peterson, special assistant to the head coach for Baylor basketball. And uh, Coach P, we appreciate you being on with us. Sure. Thanks, John. Look forward to visiting with you and uh, always exciting time for some of our guys that uh, are going to have a great experience to get drafted uh, in the NBA. Yeah, pretty cool. Fun to think about the prospects there. And and these guys, these two specifically, are uh, are really high prospects, aren't they? I mean, they seem to be, you know, really high on every mock draft list that I've seen. Yes, they, they are. Jeremy's a little higher than Kendall right now. I, I'd say he's probably uh, pretty sure that he's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, he got an invite to the green room and uh, New York or wherever the draft is and so he'll be up there and uh, looks like he's probably going to be a lottery pick a lot of people tell him anywhere from 10 to 14 he'll probably get picked and Kendall's a little behind that somewhere in the late teens or uh, 20s probably it looks like right now anyway. Bill you've got such great experience uh, your NBA background and then your time here at Baylor and other schools um, just talk about those guys and what they bring, what the NBA uh, likes, uh, and why these guys are so highly regarded. Well, Jeremy's so well regarded, one, because he's had international experience. He's already played with men. He was on the national team in Poland. He actually started a game for him before he came to Baylor. So he was 17 years old playing with grown men in their 30s. So he understands what it's like to play with older guys. And Jeremy's one of those guys can play a lot of different positions. And they look for that. If you watch the NBA Finals with the Celtics and the Warriors, you, know, you saw um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And then the uh, Warriors have uh, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, guys that are 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", that are multi-positional. And the NBA looks for guys like that. And, and Jeremy fits that bill. Uh, he's long, he's got great hands and great wingspan, and he can switch. He can guard one through five, and he has a European flair to his game. He really understands how to get rid of the ball and, and move the ball when he's on offense, not dribble all the time. And uh, he, he understands the concept of playing team basketball. So uh, he, he's a guy a lot of people feel like can come right in and be a rotation guy immediately on, on a decent team, you know, maybe not – not a starter, but a guy that could come off the bench and, you know, maybe give your second unit a jolt because he can guard a lot of different positions and you can play him in the post. You can play him on the perimeter. He can also knock down a three. And then Kendall is more of an athletic uh, wing. Uh, people look for guys his size. He's six eight, and he can handle the ball left and right and can get to the rim and finish. Uh, would be really, really good on a team that plays a little more upbeat. Uh, in transition because he's a tremendous finisher at the rim and uh, he's got a nice mid-range jump shot and uh, he's a guy that can uh, make plays off the bounce so uh, both of them are different but uh, they both have great size and great length and uh, are both going to have really really good NBA careers. Wow 
That's a great assessment, Bill. That's what we we thought we would get from you on this subject. So thanks for that. What, what about uh-huh. the uh, the age and experience factor? I mean, these two are going to be one and dones here at Baylor. We've never had that before. Uh, but it seems like that that with those skill sets uh, plural that you talked about, uh, it, it makes sense for them to to jump to the NBA. Sure. I mean, anytime someone's going to offer you millions of dollars uh, to have an occupation or to do a job, um, you know, even though you're real young, a lot of people may not know that both of them, both Jeremy and Kendall, just turned 19 the end of May. So they were 18 years old getting ready for the draft. So they'll be 19 when they get drafted. And one of the things you talk about with guys that myself and John Jacobson, Scott Drew and Alvin and Jared would visit with people when they call is this kid's 18 and he's going to be 19 his first year. What's he going to be like when he's 22? You know, you've been around young people your whole life and there's a tremendous growth and a change from a guy that when he's 18 and when he's 22, you know, there's, they're more mature. They look at things different. uh, They handle things differently. There's so many things that change for them uh, during those two or three years. And, and that's what you have to project with both Jeremy and Kendall. You know, when you look at them, you can, poke holes in how they play and how they are now. But, you know, how are they going to be when they're 22 after they've played three years in the NBA? And now you got a guy that's more of a seasoned vet and understand what's coming down the lane, and he's only 22 years old. Yeah. He's still got another eight to ten years to play. Uh, he's not even in his prime yet. So that youthfulness, uh, one of the things they ask a lot about is how well does he learn? How does he pick things up? You know, does he understand different pick and roll coverages? You know, is he pretty good with time? Like if you play a game, you know, in Portland and then you got to get on the plane because the next night you play in L.A., you're going to get in at three in the morning. Is he going to be able to get up and function and pay attention to a scout report, take a nap and show up at the game and be able to bring it the next night? So those are all things that uh, young guys have to learn when they when they first come in the league. Fascinating. And that maturity level that you talk about uh, really is uh, put to a test, isn't it, when you go to the league and, you know, you guys uh, there at Baylor, you just surround these guys when they're here, you know, with everything in the world that they need and wake-up calls and all that stuff. It's 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 going to be a different world, isn't it, when they go to the league? Yeah, definitely, John, very much. I mean, what you said, it hits home a great, great deal. I, when I was in the NBA with the Bucks, I had – Tobias Harris, who was a 19-year-old rookie from Tennessee, and one day we were working out, and he said, Coach, ain't nobody calling me? Ain't nobody <laughs> telling me what time I got to do this? Nobody's telling me that? And we get on the plane. We practice on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, or we practice from 11 to 1. I go take a shower. I got to be at the airport at 3. I walk right on the uh, into the plane. I, the security, they just wave my hand. It's a private thing. Somebody has my bags. We fly into Atlanta. I get off the plane onto the bus. I go to the hotel. Somebody takes my bags to my room, and I don't have to be there again till shoot around next morning, 11 o'clock. I got to get my own dinner. I got to wake up call. I got to do all this kind of stuff. And you know that's what a, a mature person learns to do. You yeah. can't you, know, you can't go out that that night. You fly into Atlanta and you got some friends. You can't go out and stay out till one or two in the morning and come walking through the lobby at 10:50 and pick up a banana and an apple out of the store convenience store in the front of the hotel and get on the bus all blurry eyed because at 11 o'clock you got to go over scout report and you got to know what the hawks are running you got to know how you're guarding the pick and roll and after you do that you're going to go back and take a nap and you got to get your own pregame meal and then if you're a rookie you're on the first bus at five o'clock 
uh, over to the gym. And if you're really dedicated, you know, when I was in the NBA, I'd take the rookies or like Tobias, we'd go over at 4.15 in a cab, uh. and we'd go over early, and he'd work out 40, 40 minutes before everybody else was there. Uh, he'd have his workout in, and he'd go back in the locker room, maybe take a shower and get dressed, have something to eat, and then he'd come out and warm up with the team at 6.30 when they came out or 6.45. Uh, before the game so yeah that maturity of being able to doing things on your own and, and handling your own time arrangements and showing up ready to go uh, those are things they have to learn and, and they have to learn to do things tired because you're going to be fatigued with all the travel yeah Bill Peterson our guest Baylor men's basketball looking ahead to the NBA draft comes up on Thursday Baylor uh, likely with a couple of first round draftees couple of yearlings in uh, Jeremy Sohan and Kendall Brown. And uh, Bill, this may not be a fair question, but uh, given your NBA experience and your college experience, uh, the, the it seems like the big thing for both Jeremy and, and Kendall is they project. They project to the future is what I keep hearing. So it's not so much of what they did this past year here at Baylor, uh, although they both you know contributed greatly, but it's more how they project to the future within the league. Yes, and two that how they fit in the system. Gotcha. You know how can they adapt and adjust? You know, uh, people saw. You know, one of the things that helps them obviously, people want guys from winning programs, teams that played in the NCAA tournament, and uh, like eighty percent of the guys that are drafted will have played in the NCAA tournament. Wow. So NBA teams want guys that know how to win. You know, and they're 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 exceptions of guys well he didn't play in the tournament or he didn't play in the tournament, but most guys that are drafted eight out of every ten will. Have, been off a team that played in the NCAA tournament because they want guys that know how to win and to do the little things that uh, uh, advance you towards winning to eventually win a championship. And and both of them here at Baylor learned uh, to play a certain way defensively and to play really hard. Another thing they ask a lot about is how's their motor? How are they every day in practice? You know, how are they going to be you know, when, when they're tired, can they still get the juices flowing and get out there and play with energy? And uh, a lot of it's projection, but if I was looking back and saying, how are their habits right now? You know, Alvin Brooks always says with our guys, same old boring habits. Mm-hmm. If they have good habits now, they're probably going to have good habits in two or three years. If their habits are sketchy now, then the habits are probably going to be a little sketchy as they get on down the road unless they really grow up and mature. Because unlike here, you know, both of them made some money through NIL here at Baylor, but now they're going to make real money. And I say real money because if both of them are first-round picks, they're guaranteed anywhere from 3 to $4 million every year for the next three or four years of their life because that's guaranteed money, the first top 30 picks, the first round in the NBA. So how do you handle all that as a person? Are you a guy that goes crazy and starts buying a bunch of cars and staying out all night? Or do you understand this is your career, this is your craft, and you need to really focus and keep maturing? Yeah, boy, that all makes sense. Final question for you, and this is an impossible question to answer, but from what you know right now about these two guys, Jeremy and Kendall, uh, do you see the potential there for a long, solid, successful NBA career ahead of them? Yes, I do. I think both of them could easily play eight to ten years in the NBA. Um, both of them could easily eventually be starters in the NBA too. Uh, a lot of it will be, you know, it's so, so important, John, that uh, they get with the right team. And I, I say that if they go to a young team that loses a lot and they fall into bad habits and they see guys losing and maybe not working hard, 
as hard, maybe it hurts them and down the road. But if they go to maybe a more established team that has a good culture and has a good shot to make the playoffs and play, and they're around good veterans that show them the ropes, and they learn that and they take that uh, to heart, and they start doing that every day in their everyday life, then both of them could easily play eight to ten years in the NBA. And, and I think both of them could eventually start uh, on teams that uh, make the playoffs in the NBA one day. And you know, I, I always tell them when we talk about it here, I always say, you guys realize now you're 18, you're going to be 19. Now you're going to go play with men every night. Okay, hmm. These guys have three kids and a wife, and they have another business. And, you know, they're, they're going to kick your tail. They're not going to let you come in and just take over just because you're talented. Right? This is their livelihood. And you will start to realize it's a dog-eat-dog situation because they want to win. If the coaches don't win and GM, they get fired. So it, it turns a little different now that uh, once you're paying for, you know, you're getting paid to play. Right, you right. Know, and the, Skiles used to always say, Scott Skiles used to say, this is, this is like McDonald's. This is play on demand. You drive up. I want my food right now. I want you to play right now. You can sit over on that bench for 25 minutes. But if I put you in mid of the third quarter, you better be ready to go. And if you're not, I'm taking you out and I'll find somebody that can do that. So it's play on demand immediately. Wow, that's great. Great information, Bill. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being on with us. And okay. uh, thanks very much for your time. Okay. Have a good day, John. All right, man. Thanks very much. Uh, Bill Peterson, uh, officially special assistant to the head coach for Baylor basketball. You can tell listening to him so much more than that. And uh, what a great wealth of knowledge Bill has. Aaron, from his time in the NBA, six years an assistant, he said under Scott Skiles uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, worked with the Mavericks, player development coach and scout a couple of years, a special assistant with the Golden State Warriors in there. He was uh, the head coach uh, in the G League, I guess it was, with the Erie Bayhawks uh, from 2014 to 2017. That was right before he came to Baylor. So all that background, and uh, this is – this is the kind of guy on Coach Drew's staff that that pours into our players to the point that, you know, everyone on that staff has their role. Bill has his role, and that is uh, telling these guys from experience, from his own experience, what it has to happen and what it'll be like when they get to the NBA. Because all these Baylor players, they want to play in the NBA, and Bill's a guy who's been there, and he can tell them what it's like and what they need to do to get there. Yeah, and that's so such an incredible thing to have as a player. And, you know, if you're Scott Drew, to have on your staff exactly. is somebody with that experience, you know, head coach in the G League and an assistant in the NBA for multiple years. He knows what it's like. He can relate that to the players and let them know what they had looked had to have to look forward to, which you talked about, you know, in detail earlier. It's it's just uh, just a great guy to have on your staff. Yeah, tremendous. Uh, again, wealth of experience that uh, Bill can share with uh, all of the players. Baylor is practicing right now, and you say, "What? How can they be doing that in June?" Well, it's a little bit of a different situation. Baylor will represent the United States in the inaugural Global Jam that is coming up in July. This is uh, this would be akin to the um, not the Olympics, but the World University Games, or like the Pan Am Games, yeah, or something sort of like, like that, that. Yeah. exactly. And the Baylor team is uh, representing uh, USA. I mean, they've got uh, David Kay says they've got 
USA jerseys and uniforms that are ready nice. to go. How cool is that? Yeah, that's really awesome. And so in addition to that and the time they'll play from July 5th through July 10th in Toronto, they get uh, these practice days. I think it's 15 practice days leading up to the start of the trip. So it's extra practice in the summer that you normally wouldn't get, plus the bonding that goes along you know, with a trip like this. Uh, the Baylor um, representing the USA, also teams from Canada, Italy, and Brazil. Uh, and I guess that's it. Baylor will play Italy in the first game, July 5th, 1 p.m. Then they will play on the 6th, uh, Canada versus USA. On the 7th, the USA versus Brazil. And then uh, they, the uh, best teams go to the semifinals on July 9th. And then the men's gold medal match would be on July 10th. Again, this is in Toronto with uh, Baylor basketball representing uh, USA in this uh, first inaugural Global Jam tournament. 